Welcome into the Solar Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Starr. We've got Alan Williams, Sun Center, here to talk basketball and life. How you doing, Alan? Doing good. In Sacramento right now, just hanging out. Nice, nice, nice. Um, well, you've been not playing for a while because of the injured knee. How's it feeling? Uh, it's feeling really good. I'm um, at about 12 weeks now, so I'm starting to do more cardio stuff, mm-hmm. uh, some stationary shooting, and uh, some more strengthening stuff. So everything's going pretty good. Nice. So it doesn't hurt too much or anything like that? No, it's feeling a lot better for sure. Nice. So do you have a timetable for when you're going to return, or is it more just a uh, we'll see how it goes? Yeah, it's one of those we'll see how it goes. I mm-hmm. think the original timetable was about four to six months. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we're sticking to that for now, and hopefully it gets better. So we're a couple months into that. Cool. Um, so yeah, we definitely can't wait to see you all on the court. Um, what has the rehab been like? You were saying some stationary shooting now. Um, uh, how far out are you able to shoot there, and what what is kind of what has it been like emotionally as you've been trying to recover from this? Well, emotionally it was it was tough at first, but uh, thankfully with the support of my teammates, the fans here in Phoenix, and everybody around me, of course my family, mm-hmm. it's been uh, pretty easy to get through everything that I've been trying to go through. And um, the training staff here is really great, so uh, blessed to be able to have a, a staff like them that's patient and, and knows what they're doing so that I can try to get back and be better than ever. So, Yeah, they are pretty much the best in the entire country in every sport. Yeah. It seems like definitely the best in the NBA, but definitely sure. the best there. Um, what parts of your game have you been able to work on as you've been re- rehabbing? Because always, there's always something every player can work on. What do you, have you been able to not work on some things, able to work on other things? I mean, I just started shooting today, so mm-hmm. I really haven't been able to work on it, but been able to watch a, a good amount of basketball, a good amount of film, mm-hmm. and uh, really try to work on the, uh, the cerebral part of my game and being able to think the game better in different situations that I wouldn't normally be able to see. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully I'll be able to get back out there and start working on some different aspects of my game. But I am like to limit myself on what I can do and what I can't do. So I think it's just a matter of uh, being able to go out there and just get better in everything. Yeah, definitely emphasizing your strengths there. Um, one thing is, I was wondering how you developed that beautiful floater of yours. Uh, I think it was just a matter of, I wasn't always, I haven't always been the tallest player out there. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a way to get my shot off over bigger defenders. And uh, the floater worked out well. I've always had pretty good touch around the basket. Mm-hmm. And so I just tried it a little bit. It's kind of, it's kind of like my hook shot. Mm-hmm. I just turned my body a little bit. So I, I think I've always had it, but it's really developed more since I've been in the league. So. Yeah, you're about an inch taller than me. I'm six seven. You're like six eight, I think. Um, and you've been battling. Have you been a center your whole life, pretty much? Um, trying to face and center power forward, facing off against all those big guys. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always, I've always been a center, mm-hmm. and uh, I've always been able to be successful because of my size. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm wider than, than most of the NBA centers, the typical NBA centers. Mm-hmm. And then I use my uh, my feet to my advantage. I'm pretty quick. Sliding and being able to move with the, the, the faster bigs I guess out there and then strong enough to play down low with the with the bigger guys. So, uh, you know, I, I'm always trying to find ways to, to rather than have my size be a disadvantage, use it to my advantage. So. Absolutely. I mean, when I was watching games, I saw you out-rebounding three other people on the other team and, and really creating space. Um, what is your kind of philosophy on rebounding? Is it timing, technique, effort, all a combination of the, all of them? Yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's that combination. Definitely, you have to know how to do it, and you got to have the tools to be able to do it. 
like I said, <clears throat> I use my size to be able to do it. I have I have long arms, like mm-hmm. a seven two and a half wingspan. Nice. And then um, good hands to where I can catch the ball if it comes off the rim, if it comes off the backboard, anything like that. And then last, all about effort. I think I, I want it more uh, than a lot of guys that I'm playing against. And that's the reason why I'm able to go out there and be successful at that because it's, that last part is, is definitely the effort and the, the desire to go out there and rebound the basketball. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were some so many good times. I mean, it sounds doing research on you. I mean, in college and all and overseas, you were just such a good rebounder overseas, all over the place, which is one reason you got to the NBA. Yep, it's, it's always been my thing, and it's something that has always translated. People, stuff that people have always said that has translated really well is rebounding. So I try to focus on that as I was coming up. Mm-hmm. I have a question here from Twitter from uh, Chris S. Uh, who in the NBA would you compare your game to? Who are you trying to pattern your game after? Well, I mean, I try to use a combination of a lot of different guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, I love Shaq and Charles Barkley growing up when I was watching the game at a young age, but I didn't get the size that that Shaq had. And, and Charles Barkley was just, the game was just so much different. He was more of a, a, a big-time scoring big. And uh, so I think anybody, maybe... Zach Randolph, mm. but just I try to use elements of his game into mine offensively, and then uh, defensively. I think the the gold standard in the NBA now for big playing defense is Draymond Green. So mm-hmm. definitely somebody that I, I try to model my defensive game after. And nowhere near on that level, but it's something that I'm working towards for sure. Definitely, I mean, definitely. I think you're definitely on your way with the footwork of Zach Randolph. You're definitely. Getting there for sure. I mean, he, he, you can probably, you can definitely jump a better, more than him, and he didn't even have to jump anywhere, and he just had to use the footwork to get those easy, easy shots. And um, definitely, um, can you tell me a little more about your time at UAC, UC Santa Barbara? That was an interesting thing. You were there for four years, and uh, tell me about that time and your kind of your favorite memories. It was awesome. You know, it was a great place to be. A beautiful campus, great educational system, and uh, and overall awesome experience. I think my four years there really shaped uh, my future, really, growing up in uh, Phoenix, not knowing and not having a lot of college offers coming out of high school. To be able to go to a mid-major like that and be successful and, and have a coaching staff that believed in me and let me do what I needed to do. Also played with some great teammates there who were just phenomenal guys and uh, always supported me and still support me to this day. So I think it was, it was the best decision I could have made was going there. And I think being out there all four years uh, got me ready for this for this level of basketball just because a lot of times you get rookies in the in the league and they're really young and it, it takes growing pains. I feel like I didn't really have a lot of growing pains when I first got in because I've been through a lot being there for four years. Mm-hmm. So. Um, what did you? I don't see it here. What, what did you uh, study there? Uh, cultural anthropology. So oh, interesting. Study of, of people, I was always really interested in people and how they interact with people and the history of, of different types of people. So I thought mm-hmm. it was a a cool major to get into. Is there that something you would do after you're done playing? What What are your plans once you're done playing? Obviously, that's a long way down the road. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think about it all the time. I just I want to be a person that's able to create change and and uh, make things better for people around me and people after me. So uh, I don't know really what that is. I also love sports, so mm-hmm. talking about sports and and reporting on sports would be something pretty cool. I think too. Uh, or even coaching, so I have a wide variety of different things that I probably could or want to do, and I just really haven't narrowed it down yet. But I yeah. think that when the time's ready, when the time's right, I know exactly what I want to do. 
Yeah, there's so many avenues to do after you've done playing, but you have a big career to carve out first. Um, let's see. Also, what about overseas? You were overseas for a while. Can you tell me more about that and maybe the culture shock or how what the differences were between here and there? Yeah, I played overseas for one season in China, and uh, it was definitely a, a different experience for sure. The, the, you know, whenever you're in a, a country like China, it was so different than the Western culture that we have here. It's uh, it's easy to try to and, and, and keep yourself in, like, solitude a lot and not try to get out and experience things because it's not what you're used to. But, mm-hmm. like, I was the complete opposite of that. I wanted to get out. I wanted to meet people, and I wanted to experience the culture that I was in and I was immersed in so that I could take as much from it and take the good and, and bring it back here. So um, it was a great time. The people were awesome. Basketball is basketball anywhere you go, so it was, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I was glad that I did that and make that decision. Must have been pretty easy to rebound over there for sure. Um, what was like? Uh, the, was there anything different about the rules or kind of how you played? Was it like faster, more team oriented? How was it different? Oh uh, well, I mean, the Chinese guys are, are really big. They're like I think every team had at least two seven footers on the team, mm. so. Okay. Uh, they're, they're pretty good players out there for sure, and um, there's only you can only play the Americans for the for two quarters at a time. It's only mm-hmm. two quarters at a time, so that, that was kind of weird at first because it would go quarters where the first American would play the guard to play, and then I would sit, and then I'd sub in for him, and that so on and so forth. Oh man! Quarter, by the time together, so that was definitely something different and something that I had to get used to, but uh, it ended up working out. Yeah, definitely. That's that's super interesting. Um, I know he's injured right now, but what are your thoughts on the amazing stats Devin's putting up leading your team? Uh, it's awesome. You know, I think he's playing at an all-star level for sure, and um, I don't think it's going unnoticed. I think the league started to take notice of how great he is and how great he can be. And also, I think the fans are seeing that he's a type of player that can really lead a team and get a lot of wins uh, when the time's right. So hopefully... Well, that'll happen, and we're going to keep working towards it and just keep supporting him to make sure that he's keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about the age of the team, and uh, I think you're probably, what, the fourth oldest player there? If I think yeah. thinking right, I think it's I think um, it's Monroe and Dudley and Chain there. I think I'm yeah, old, barely older than you, and I, this is, it's crazy. <laughs> just uh, the, uh, the, just the youth there, I think you're the youngest team in the league this year. Yeah, they were, yeah it was top three youngest team in the league, and it's you know, it, it comes with its ups and its downs, but I think the youth is we're starting to use it to our advantage and, and play faster and use our athleticism to to try and uh, win games. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's going to end up working out for us in the long run. Definitely. What did you think about the Devin's seventy-point game last year? Uh, it was it was unreal. It was absolutely unreal. Like, mm-hmm. The whole experience from the, the start of the game until the end of the game was just super awesome. Of course, we would have loved to get the win, but to, to be a part of something special like that, it was it was really humbling and, and really an awesome thing to do. Yeah, I've talked to some people who are saying that it's, it's, it's just a kind of a, uh, it was cheap because of the fouling and stuff, but I kind of pushed against that saying, I mean, it wasn't like you were automatically fouling the whole time. You got to 60 pretty easily, 55, 60 pretty easily, and then um, it was within the flow of the the game somewhat, and toward, towards the very end, except for the very end. But it was still a pretty impressive thing. It's hard to put up that many shots and score that many points for sure. Definitely. Um, sorry, keep going. Uh, so he's a baller for sure. He can go out there and do that 
a, a lot. So I, it was like I said, it was really cool to see him. It really awesome to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're playing, what does your uh, pregame playlist sound like? What 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 are what artists are on there? Well, it depends on the time of year. Like right now, if I was playing, it'd be Christmas music for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Christmas music fan, and I just it kind of shifts as the year goes on, or what's hot and what's not right now. But usually, it'll always have some Drake on there. Drake, my favorite artist, so mm-hmm. I definitely listen to to Drake a lot. What are your top three favorite Christmas songs? Uh, I carry all I want for Christmas. I like um, the John Lennon Happy Christmas, mm-hmm. and then probably. This Christmas by Chris Brown. Nice. Yeah, that Mariah one is my favorite, too. It's pretty awesome. Um, what about for a pre-game meal? What is your What is your favorite foods to eat? Oh, wow. Uh, it changes, too. I don't, excuse me. I don't have, like, a specific pre-game meal mm-hmm. that I have. I think it kind of changes as wherever I'm driving by, but usually a sandwich or something like that just so I can get some some protein and also some carbohydrates to burn off and mm-hmm. so that's lightweight enough so that I can digest it pretty fast. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But your but what's your if you're not playing, what's your like favorite food, like your favorite thing? Oh wow. I think uh I'm a big time I like Mexican food and I like Chinese food. Mm-hmm. But I think if I had to pick one specific thing it would probably be fried catfish. Like, that's my favorite, <laughs> my, my favorite thing in the world to eat, for sure. So. Mm, interesting. Um, are you a gamer? Do you have, like, have a console? Yeah, but I have PS4 and an Xbox One. So yeah. What are your I favorite games, games on the Xbox? Um, I play Call of Duty, of course. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 2K every once in a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the Call of Duty a lot now. Yeah. Sure. On the the World War Two one or an older one? Yeah, the World War Two one. Yeah, I haven't gone that one I'm yet. I'm all about the uh, Halo on the Xbox and uh, 2K, of course, um, and then the like, Assassin's Creeds and stuff. Okay, yeah, I tried the Assassin's Creed game, but I wasn't really feeling it too much. Yeah, those are those are hard to get into sometimes, for sure. sure. Um, let's do a little more of um, NBA stuff. What are your some of your favorite players in the NBA that aren't on the Suns? Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily call them favorite players because, mm-hmm. I mean, that, we, we play in the same league, so I can't really have a favorite player. Mm-hmm. A player that I do like to watch. I like I love watching LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I think he's really talented, just a great leader out there. Um, as of late, James Harden has just been out of out of this world. The way he's playing, the way he's able to, to, to go out there and do what he does every night is just truly special. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else do I like to watch? I like Ben Simmons too. I like Ben Simmons' game a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that the way he puts pressure on the basket is just unlike anybody else. Uh, so it's, it's really cool to see him being so young and how talented he is. It's gonna be really special. Definitely impressive for sure. Um, what do you think about Chris and Bender, like their development and stuff? How are what are what are their how good do you think they can be? I think they can be as good as they are were projected to be. Mm-hmm. I think they were projected to be all star type players. I think that both of them push each other, and I think the coaching staff and the front office have done a good job of putting them in situations to where they, they can be successful mm-hmm. and also learn uh, the game of basketball in a different way. So, um, anytime you got young players, there's always ups and downs, but I think that at the end of the day, they're both going to be really great pros. Yeah, same thing with Josh Jackson. I forgot to add him in there. Yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, Josh, 
his, his, his level of competitiveness is, is so high and he plays so hard that he's going to be really good for us for mm-hmm. And do you think, uh, how, people have been asking me this, but how soon do you think Devin Booker leads the league in scoring? How soon do I think Devin I mean, it, it's, it's going to be tough. There's a lot of great scores in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think next year he could be top five. For yeah. Sure, yeah, I think he was, I think he's fifth. I think, he's, I think he was fifth in scoring before he went out. Yeah. And it was tied for the most 30-point games. And with Giannis and uh, LeBron, but he could definitely lead the league. I'd give him, give him two or three years, and he could, he could definitely be going after that scoring title. I could mm-hmm. see that happening for sure. As he enters his prime, right then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just scores in so many ways, you know. And anytime you have a, a score that's a really good shooter like he is, it's such a guard. Yeah, I mean, because you try to close out on him, and he's able to drive and do the floater. Drive and kick, drive and, and yeah, I mean, he even can post up a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And even as those chase down blocks. You know, he does, some, he does, he does a lot for us, so. He's, a lot for he's, a, he's an all around great player. Well, um, I think I, that's everything. I was trying to get to more, but I see we got, went through them pretty fast. We really look forward to having you uh, back on the court. We can't wait to see you. You're one of my favorite players on the Suns right now. It's so fun to watch you on the podcast here. We really appreciate you, Alan. Um, check out my podcast. It's the Solar Insights Podcast, everybody. This is at Eric underscore Sar, S-A-A-R. Also, check out my other business, Elite Hoops Development, where I train NBA players uh, certified by Impact Basketball. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day.